Should I say? Should I say? Should I say this is in your head or what? Oh, Donna. What's the good What's the last for a spooky show? Without your head. Without your head. Alright. Without your head. Alright. Yeah. Alright, give me the countdown. Bonfires burning bright. Bumpy faces in the night. I remember Halloween. Dead cats hanging from poles. Little dead around in
uh, the, the summer tour that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, that's going to be alongside Freak 13, um, a great band from Texas. And uh, we invite people to come and check out the website uh, where we have music by both bands and all kinds of wonderful fun stuff. Uh, for people out. who haven't uh, heard all this slime on you, hmm? I was going to say, uh, for people who haven't uh, heard your music, how would you describe it? Well, um, it's pretty unique. Uh, I'd say it's, it's inspired by punk and uh, especially by the Dead Kennedys and the Bad Brains and um, nice. <laughs> the Mixit mm-hmm. and uh, bands like that and Danzig. And we also do Mixit covers and Danzig covers and Dead Kennedys covers, so there you go. But uh, mm-hmm. um, my own songs are kind of, you know, I guess they're unique. They're up-tempo. They're, I guess you could just call them brutal. They're just brutal. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, because if I said they're punk or hardcore, you know, I hate to get into those kind of things because, you know, really punk, and that was like the Ramones and the Bad Brains and Dead Kennedys and all those great bands. And there's, there's punk bands out today, but I think that what I'm doing is a little different, and I think that they would say that too. But uh, well, maybe you could just call it like horror rock. It's unique, man. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's, it's, it's destructive. Um, just so everybody know, after the interview, we'll be playing a couple of your songs, Red, 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 and Monster Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red, 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 which, uh, you know, it, it, it describes the the, uh, the workings of the mind of Jason, you know, as he stalks through the woods, you know, seeking his prey. Oh. You know, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it's about. It's, it says, alone, alone, alone I roam. Like a dog, I start to foam. All my muscles turn to stone as I fight down through the bone. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, when did you start the band? <laughs> well, you know, um, I surfaced, uh, you know, way back uh, in order to... What was it? It was um, at the Halloween and Haunt trade show here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. The first first Jason gig was actually opening for a fashion show that Elvira was hosting. You know, the Mistress of the Dark. So they had this, they had this wild, you know, fashion show, and we got to open for that. And then we played at Flashback Weekend, and they had us go out and do. Um, a big um, drive-in movie theater out in Aurora, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, we played in St. Louis and, you know, in Chicago. And we're getting ready for um, a big event coming up, which I'll tell you guys about later. But, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's really what we're doing is wreaking righteous vengeance in, in a loud way, you know, but really fast. It's not, it's not, you know, necessarily the music as, as vengeance. Mm-hmm. And we, we are, you know, we, we, we're flashing our way, you know, onto the scene with, a, you know, both punk and metal kind of sound. And, you know, we've got uh, a lot of fans. Yeah. Uh, everybody know, oh, you want to, I was just going to ask, do you sign, like, much Jason memorabilia while you're touring with first Jason? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to meet with the fans
Jason Voorhees who started it all in the first place. And uh, um, when I'm on tour, we are often basing the tours on conventions where I'm doing appearances as Jason and uh, meeting with all the great fans who are awesome. And they're always like, really supportive and really dedicated. And if it wasn't for those fans, there would be no first Jason because, well, I mean, first of all, it's when the fans go and see Friday the 13th that God brings Jason back to life every time. I mean, no faith. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I mean, I was out there. I was originally doing another style of music. I was in, like, reggae music, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. Like the bad brains, then. You know? Yeah, well, sure. I had seen the bad brains back in the day, but I had gotten into, like, full-fledged reggae music. I was touring. All over the world, I went to Europe and Africa, even you know. And that's when my head was at. When one day I got on my computer, and a very nice uh, person, Eric Lee Nash, who runs uh, Crystal Lake Collectibles, well, he just happened to write me and said, uh, "Did you sign this autograph here?" And I was like, "Gosh, I've never signed an autograph." And he was like, "Well, someone told me that." So I said, uh, well, <laughs> I guess that that's a forgery. So that, but that brought it to my attention. <laughs> that brought it to my attention that perhaps people would like me to sign autographs. So, so here Eric said, you know, uh, come. And uh, actually he invited me to the first show that I got to, which was the Schiller Theater Show in New Jersey, which you guys are probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was there. And they said Becky was going to be there, so I was really excited. I got there. First person I saw was Tom Savini. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, uh, it, was, it was incredible. I'm, I'm just as much a fan of Tom Savini as anybody mm-hmm. and, and Becky. And so when I got downstairs, there was like 200 people waiting to see me. And I couldn't believe it. So it kind of dawned on me that I'd been, you know, remiss in uh, – not attending these things, and I, I certainly uh, have had a good time. And and at first, I had my own CDs there, you know, for my band. And the horror fans were very nice about it. They were like, "Well, oh, this is cool. This music is great." You know, I've never listened to reggae, but then after a while, you know, some of the fans said, "Listen, you know, man, come on, we're Jason. Do you like Pantera?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Pantera sells." And I'm like, "Do you like?" This band, that's the mistress, you like this. So, you know, people just kind of got it in my head. It was the fans who kind of thought it up for me. And then I said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. So that's when I started really kind of trying to absorb the music and digging on all the bands. And I realized that there's so much great music and so many great bands out there that I just want to hit it right. And, uh, you know, I feel that we're getting there now. And one of the big changes is that now I don't play keyboard and, and I'm just singing as a front man. We had two guitarists and uh, it's strong. The band was featured in uh, an independent horror movie called Thanksgiving. I don't know if you guys heard about that oh. one. Hmm. Oh. Well, Thanksgiving is an X in the middle. Yeah, they have a MySpace um, and they have a website. Uh, but if you put T-H-A-N-X. Oh, okay. G-I-V-I-N-G-S. And uh, it was it was produced um, 
by uh, Bobby Ray Akers uh, down in um, and Richard Novosat down in um, St. Louis, and uh, they did a great job on it. And uh, that's uh, the they, they, the song Red 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 is in that movie, and so that song that that movie I'm also in the movie too. I play the character Delbert Eaton, who actually gets eaten. It's about a bunch of uh, backwoods cannibals who, like, well, what happens is this, okay? A bunch of kind of wise-ass filmmaker kids, right, are out there. They're trying to find a location to shoot their movie. So there's a lot of, like, scenes seen through their camera that they're carrying, you know, that kind of thing. Like, um, and then, okay, they kind of come upon this great location out in the woods, but they don't realize that they're also trespassing on the land of these kind of ghoul cannibals who are living out there who kind of, you know, <laughs> make short work of them. And I played this guy, Delbert Eaton, who is like, uh, he's like, you know, uh, your, your stock character from that Scooby Doo is like, you kids get off this land. You shouldn't be here. You know? And it's, get out of here. And I had a shotgun. I got to shoot a shotgun in this movie. And I did my own stunt. I fell off a cliff. It was a lot of fun. There's some great actors in it. Yeah, let's check that out. That sounds good. I'd yeah, like to... That's one uh that's one holiday they haven't made a horror movie that yet until now. We <laughs> were just talking about that the other week. Uh huh. Uh, you know the funny thing is, and here's a real here's some horror dish for you. The um you know, this grindhouse movie has um in between the reels there's um ads for, for horror movies that don't exist. Oh really? <laughs> Yeah, and I just found out that Eli Roth is directing one of those commercials, and he's, his movie is called Thanksgiving, but it's not, it's not real, and this is, like, so bizarre, because we had completed the movie before we, you know, we haven't even heard about it, so, and, you know, his doesn't have an X in it, it's just Thanksgiving, just like the regular song. Hmm. Uh, someone here in the chat room says we need a... A leap year movie for February 29th. <laughs> <laughs> leap year? Oh, that's a good idea. I like that, too. What you got a call in here? Who is this? Hey, this is... Hello? Hi, um, this is 640 from the um, chat room, and I just had a question for the original Jason. What, what does he think of the um, new Jason, the Freddy vs. Jason movies, and how they turned out? Well, hey, how you doing there, man? That's a good question. Um, uh, the, uh... I, I actually think they did a, a, a fine job. Um, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that they um, did their best to keep the storyline intact. And um, I think that uh, even the portrayal of the Swamp Boy, the boy in the lake, the slime monster, he was, you know, with his kind of like quivering thing. And, and that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I thought it was okay. No, what did you think? Oh, I, I loved it personally. Cool, right on, man. I mean, you know what it is, um, Ken Kersinger, man. Uh, you know, we we like we had all the Jasons got together, and you know, Jane Hodder, 
has his fans, and yeah. Kane is always, like, I've known Kane since way back at that show of theater. So we didn't know, you know, Ken, you know, and people would come to me and say, what do you think about Ken and blah, blah, blah. And I thought the performance was excellent. So, you know, I had to meet the man, but within about 30 seconds of meeting Ken Kersinger, you realize that you have to like him because he's a genuine and a very kind person, even though, you know, he's, he's a big-ass mofo, but he's, you know, <laughs> Well, that's what I thought I was going to say, like, you have to like him or he'll kill you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's how it feels with Kane sometimes. Kane, or, or maybe maybe with my good buddy Andrew Bernarski, who played Leatherface. Right? <laughs> but, but no, actually, they're all really nice people. But Ken Kersner is a really nice person. So it was like, we did Monster Mania, and they had seven Jasons there. And that's the first wow. time that I met uh, ten, and it was it was like great. It was like wow. So you know, I saw. Andrew. I uh, just quick. I saw Andrew's going to be in the uh, new uh, Dracula movie. I saw that. Oh uh, yeah, that's movie. right. It was filmed in England. And let me tell you, Andrew Bernarski is an actor to watch out for. Man, that guy is top notch. <laughs> he is top notch. And when I was just at the collector GMAX in Manchester, England. We were out there, man, and there was this band from Seattle that was, was there in the UK doing a tour. So they said, come on, you guys, you know, Jason and Leatherface, you got to come check us out. We're playing tonight. And the band is called Steaming Wolf Penis. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and they have this movie called Jerk Beast. <laughs> and this, this drummer wears this huge beast outfit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, it's, it's like insane. It's like a fan in the top. Because, you know, it's like one of those big things. But it's like a crazy punk band. And, you know, they're, they're nuts. But so we're like that. You know, we'll come down. So, you know, we're just like, you know, we're all getting ready in our, you know, metal gear. We got down there. It's like pouring rain, you know, in England. You know, get inside one of these little brick punk clubs, you know, and everybody smashed on whiskey and beer, and like, the first band, the freaking uh, guitarist wasn't even wearing any pants, it was like, it was crazy, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, he just had his guitar in front of him, and so we're all like, what the, what the, and then, so we found our friends, and then we got up on stage, they started playing, and Andrew and I got up, and actually, I said, we did, um, we did, um, Die, Die, My Darling. By the mystics, you know, and so I was singing that with Andrew, and you know, I would sing a line, and then I, you know, he would say, You're just such a pretty mouth, and then I would say, So then, like, the crowd went crazy. I got the crowd served. It was nuts, man. Andrew, Andrew was sick, and he was all like, Dude, man, I'm that's a cool, like, I had the Christopher Lee Dracula shirt on. He was like, I'm going to play Dracula. I'm going to play Dracula tomorrow, man. That's where he was going to go do it. And uh, I heard that it's an excellent production. Cool. Yeah, I saw the... Uh, you guys uh, like the new TCM? Oh, the, uh, yeah. the, um, the remake or the, uh, or the beginning? The beginning. I haven't actually haven't seen the beginning yet. I, I actually have the DVD, but I haven't seen it yet. But uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the remake. Cool. Yeah. What, what, well, do you think the, 
But what do you think about I think uh, you'll like I think you'll like the beginning even more. Mm-hmm. Man, because it is sick. It is it's gnarly, man. It's, it's <laughs> explicit. Uh, what do you think about the talks? Of, I don't know if it's a remake, reimagining, whatever they're calling it, of uh, Friday the 13th. Um, well, uh, I'll tell you something. Um, you know, Clan and Dunes is supposedly going to be um, uh, doing it this year. And, you know, it's up again. You know, like once again, they they keep uh, saying that they want to do it. And um, I encourage it, of course. Um, the funny thing is that I have my own storyline, of course, what I think really happened. But uh, I don't know if that will ever reach the ears of the public but it may mm-hmm. but um but they um you know uh I think that uh they are gonna do a remake of the first movie like instead of at first they thought they were gonna do some kind of a prequel or something but they're saying now that they're just gonna basically just remake play this mm-hmm. uh do you That's think do you think there'll still be um the mother as a killer do you think they'll have more Jason in it well, I uh, think something might expect that. Kind of, kind of blend it to. I think it's going to kind of maybe be like part one and two a little bit, where it's yeah. the killer. But you know, I hate to speculate. I hate to speculate. Yeah. I don't right. know, but you know, I think that's been the whole thing all along is that they're really trying to find a script that that works for them. And uh, I mean, <laughs> my point is, I, I I have an idea for the story, which I think would define the character. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, maybe I should have moved to L.A. and knocked on their door. <laughs> but, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think that, you know, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Are uh, you a question, John? I was just wondering, uh, did you participate in the uh, Crystal Lake Memories book? Oh yeah, that was that the uh, uh, Peter Brass book, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that was a great effort. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that luckily coincided with uh, like just at the same time that I was getting into um, doing horror conventions. Peter was um, doing a lot of interviews. He was on the scene. He really thoroughly researched this book. Um, it's you know, it's a great book. It's a great, you know, it goes beyond being a coffee table book, but, you know, it, it looks like that. It's funny, mm-hmm. you know. It's, got the, it's professionally done. I say it's the definitive, you know, work to date on, on uh, and uh, I sign it all the time, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll read all the time. And it's hard to get a copy of. No, oh, yeah. like, I can't yeah. get, I can't get a box of those. I mean, forget it. <laughs> I think they just released the second edition, so. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's the right area. It's just pretty fast. I mean, it's okay for me. Talk about those. Uh, what's, like, the strangest thing anyone's uh, asked you to sign? <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, you know, various uh, body parts <laughs> like that. That's always requested, you know. There's, like, sign my baby. Mm-hmm. I sign baby. I sign the baby's head, you know. Of course, um... The famous thing that we've all signed is Joe Netter's ass. <laughs> I mean, you know about that, right? Joe Netter's ass. That's like that's the big initiation. <laughs> Joe Netter's ass. Of course, the funny thing is Joe has a 
has a tattoo of his face tattooed on his ass. <laughs> you know. You know. But with, but with his face, it's hard to tell a difference. No, no. So the first time I was at, uh, I think it was at a flashback weekend, and God bless him, Matt McGorry was even there. I remember seeing him there. And uh, we were watching, because, uh, you know, a flashback weekend, which is uh, a great um, horror convention here in Chicago, which they do um, uh, uh, drive-in movie type thing outdoors in the parking lot. So they have a huge oh, wow. inflatable, like, inflatable screen. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I, we were watching, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, man. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I saw it right there, and then I went inside, and there, and, and they were like, yeah, go upstairs, Sid, Sid's having a party, you know, Sid and his, uh, his lovely, uh, wife and, and, uh, and, uh, business, uh, assistant, uh, <laughs> Sue were up there having their little party, and mm-hmm. so, uh, Sid Hague was there, he's like, you know, I just saw him on the screen, he's like 500 feet high, and then I opened the door, he's like, sit down, have a drink. <laughs> but first, but first, you got to sign Joe Netter's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, and you know, because here I am, you know, I was kind of new to the scene, and they all leaned over, like Sid, Bill Mosley, all those people <laughs> waiting to see, I'm like, all right, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> they were laughing at me. I, I, you know, now I'm, I'm steely now. I'll sign asses. <laughs> so far, they didn't take that signed baby and put it up on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> He's going to find a counterfeit of it. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> okay, babies, that's where I stop. Jeez. Like, you know, children and babies must not be, you know, Jason can't look at You know, my song, man, you know, the anti, is it the You Better Run song? Mm-hmm. You know, You Better Run, which is like, see, Jason's like real anti, like, child abuse. So it's like, it says, uh, it goes, uh, child beat up, it's a run, that's a run, run, no way. So Jason gonna make you pay, you better run, and you run that the child no left, run, run away, and never rest, and you can use a fuse, and body be the child. So Jason gonna go for while, he will make you know how it feels to be small, how you're just a coward after all, you better run, you better run, you better run, here comes for Jason. <laughs> It's a little taste of the sound there for me, Jim. Oh, that's good stuff, man. And for your listeners. Oh, when you're signing stuff and you get the, uh, the fans, uh, are they surprised by, like, uh, the mustache when they first see it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, people are surprised by me having hair at all. Like, true. <laughs> They're all just like, wait, you have hair. I mean, you know, I have actually had this situation where people have been like, you're not him. How can you be him? A lot of plastic surgery. Yeah. I mean, well, come on. You know, so a lot of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, come on now, people. <laughs> you know, they don't do the math. It's like, it's like, 
Wait. So they, they're stuck. They're like, you're not a little Jason, but you're not big, like, big hockey match Jason. Like, they're just stuck, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it's okay, you know. I'm like the secret monster. Yeah, the hair club for men. That's it. But, um, yeah, you know, the, uh, Kane Hodder had a funny crack. Because one time we were, um, we were at that Monster Mania show with all the Jasons at a big panel. He asked me some questions, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. And Kane's like, thank you, Captain Morgan. <laughs> That's really good. You know, uh, J- Jason's like the uh, you know the crazy guy in, in the woods. He's a killer and stuff, but uh, he never had any facial hair. Doesn't really seem like a guy that'd be uh, shaving a lot. <laughs> really, man, he's not he's not too manly. I mean, but, I mean, I guess do we ever check it? You know, to see if Jason. I mean, yeah, you're right. When they flip the thing off, what have you been shaving? <laughs> he's out right. there. He's like locked off a hood on his head. And he still takes the time to shave. That's, That's right. right. He should be all hairy, man. That's a good point. Yeah. I agree with well, that. He goes that little extra, you know. He, you know, he takes the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, you great actors. I have to shave, too. No, come on. Please. Maybe it's more aerodynamic without the, the facial hair. Oh, my God. I don't know. What is, what, what, what is it with Jason? You know? They, they don't. They need. They never really define the face after me. They they, they try. Mm-hmm. They're trying, and then they did the the part ten thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, and he turned back to a kid in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Think they should have made him look uh, more like you from the original. Well, you know, I saw that, and I thought, you know, it was like one of the first times they really kind of just they were just. Going, it's kind of a fantasy script there, you know. It wasn't like they were really trying to adhere too much to the storyline. So, I mean, you know, there wasn't talk of Betsy, I mean, of Pamela or, you know, such things really. You know, I mean, they talked about it, I think, in the first scene or something, but not really too much. So, you know, I I think that uh, at a certain point it just becomes a character and that that character can... You know, as you say, Jason is a madman in the world. You know, there's certain things about Jason. I mean, he's, he's silent, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, screaming at you. You know, he's not... He's, he's, but it's like there's no way you could possibly reason with Jason. You know what I'm saying? It's just... It's it. And I think one of the things... That's actually a good point because he's like a child trapped in the body of a huge monster, right? Right. That's one of the whole things. And actually, in my storyline, the main point, but, no, nope, I don't want to get aside there, but the <laughs> thing is that he is like a child, and so maybe, hey, no facial hair, that kind of makes sense. Like, right. he's, he's like a huge child who's like, you know, I must have my way, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, but because he's not, you know, he's, the thing about Jason, he's not an evil character who premeditates evil behavior. He just sees something wrong and destroys it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a instantaneous reaction. And, uh, again, he's also not he's not really connected too much with, like, underworld or mythology or, 
like that. It's a very, you know, basic character. Uh, we got another caller here. Who is this? Hey, guys. This is Casino Man. How's it going? Oh, good. You're on air with Ari Lehman. Hi, Ari. How's hey. it going? Good. Good. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing very well myself. Thank you for asking. Uh, I've got three questions for you. <laughs> Um, the first question is, who do you think, um, in your opinion, was more responsible for the, the success of Friday the 13th? Uh, Sean S. Cunningham or uh, Steve Miner? Ooh, that's a tough question. I would answer by saying Tom Savini. No, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a cop-out answer. No, the, um, the story there is interesting. Sean, it was really Sean's game, and... Um, the fact of the matter is that um, after completion, I think that they had done a test somewhere, and he was a little bit um, wary about the um, whether he was going to make back, you know, his, his money. You know what I'm saying? And actually, Steve Miner sailed in at that point. And said, um, you know, he bought, he in essence bought the film from Sean. And so in the end, I mean, I, I, I got it. This is a, this is true. That Steve really did well on Friday the 13th. Sean made back his money, but when all of a sudden it did so well, I think Sean was a bit dismayed. <laughs> and then Steve went on to do House with that money, mm-hmm. and then it, but then, as I heard from Tom, who had no reason to tell me, uh, you know, anything BS, he said that then Sean did make, they did make their money back on part four. Mm-hmm. It was part, wasn't it part four? Not part three, part four, right? Uh, that Steve yeah. Miner directed? It was a... No, 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 Sean. But Sean came back, it was like, uh, yeah, it was part four. Yeah, yeah. That's when they called it the uh, um, final Friday or something. Like yeah, that, that was okay. Yeah. Right, and um, so that that's when no, and then they did really well. But according to Tom, that's when Sean made his what did he call it uh, Porsche money or something like that, and then he he got out to <laughs> California and you know lived happily ever after. So so it all worked out in the end, but. I mean, did that answer your question? It was really Sean. Like, I worked on a movie that they both, that Steve Miner produced and, and Sean directed, and Steve was much more on the site. And um, with Friday, it was really Sean who was doing just, like, just about everything. Yeah, that answers my question. Um, and just as a side note, before I ask my second question, uh, Steve Miner was actually scheduled to direct a 3D Godzilla movie in the early 80s, but that fell through uh, for a variety of reasons. Any of you know that? <laughs> no, I never heard about that one. Yeah, uh, William Stout um, was hired as the production designer, and he did some storyboards, and uh, Fred Decker, uh, who went on to write and direct, I think, uh, the movie The Monster Squad, was uh, hired as the screenwriter, but... Yeah, they, they were in a pre-production, and that movie just never uh, got made. But my second question uh, is very ambitious. Uh, before you go to that one, Casino Man, just, uh, there's a 20th anniversary of uh, the Monster Squad. I'm not sure of the name of it, but there's like a horror con going on. 
And they've got like all the uh, cast from the uh, from Monster Squad for the 20th anniversary. That's right, I heard about that. That's yeah, cool. that should be pretty cool. All right, going to Single Man start. Very cool. Well, um, I, I've heard a lot of talk about Tom Savini tonight, and he certainly is a very talented makeup artist. But uh, my favorite makeup artist of all time is Rob Bottin. And I just wanted to ask Ari if he's number one ever heard of Rob Bottin, and uh, you know if so, what did he think of his makeup work? He did the, the makeup work in John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and mm-hmm. Total Recall, RoboCop, those sorts of movies. Well, um, I think that those are all fantastic examples of of, um, of the genre. I mean, I, you know, I don't know, um, I don't know if you could really parallel. The two individuals too much. I mean, they, you know, it's a different, different kind of style, and um, I think uh, you know, my experience with Tom, you know, uh, was personal, being that you know I was like 12, 13 years old, and you know they brought me to his studio. It was like going into Merlin's workshop. You know, there was like there was like severed heads, and you know decapitations and you know a disemboweled car <laughs> it was like it had like, everything it was like it was like everything and then they'd be like sword fighting like that's what they did like they would ride motorcycles and sword fights that was like their big thing like with like fencing sabers uh-huh. and like so you'd have to be ready to defend yourself at any moment and then like um, I remember one time Tom put like like he had a full plaster on my head, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was like, here, listen to this music. And he put on um, Jim Morrison and the Doors, People Are Strange. He was like, you know, People are strange. And you're strange. I was like, man, this is so weird, you know? And I was like 13, you know? And it was the 70s, you know? It was, it was a wild time, no doubt. It was wild. But um, in terms of comparing them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that ultimately uh, Tom probably respects uh, the work of of, of all the all right. artists out there. Mm-hmm. You know? He comes from the Dick Smith. Dick Smith is who was his mentor, but, you know, now techniques have become so much more advanced. I think one of the things that's so great about Tom's work is that he uses a lot of those techniques that they even use at the best haunted houses, mm-hmm. wherein maybe the effects weren't so realistic, but the way they presented them, by distracting you at a certain moment and misdirecting your attention at precisely the right moment, and by studying people's reactions, then they were able to maximize what they what they were working with, which I always think is, is you know, the greatest, you know, when you can take what you have and make the most of it. He used to go to the theater and just watch people's reactions to that final scene. He would just, he would go for the last ten minutes and just watch the theater backwards to see people jump out of their seats. <laughs> uh, um, anything else to see, man? Um, the only thing I have to say is, you know, you know, when it comes to horror movies, you can think of a lot of scary things. But I think the scariest thing I can think of 
you know, if a horror movie actually came to life and were happening in real life, would be if Jason were uh, playing a game of Bigfoot tag with me. But I guess that's a subject for a different time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks, thanks, guys, for having me on. And uh, scary. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks very much, guys. It's been it's been fun. Thanks very yeah. much. Thanks a lot for calling in, man. You're welcome. Bye. Yep. Those are good questions. <laughs> um, talk about like the, the makeup and stuff. Um, uh, did any of it like come off while you were underwater, or like uh, did he get heavier? Like did it soak up the water? Um, no, I mean it's like he, it, it was it was like you know uh, aesthetic, <laughs> and we didn't stay underwater too long. Uh, it Excuse me. Wasn't yep. really super designed for for uh, durability. It's like you know they had the um, basic concept was the first scene was going to be the whole thing. It was just going to be, I drown, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It was like Jason, without any muck on him, drowns, and now it's going to be it. Just the part where she says, my Jason, mm-hmm. my son, right? And that's it. And then Sean said, you know what, we need a new ending to this movie, because he had seen Carrie. And this, mo- this ending wasn't in the script. The famous ending was not in the original script. Mm-hmm. So he said... Oh, um, somebody, you know, put it to the cast and crew. Come on, give me some ideas. What do you guys have ideas for an ending? And it was Tom Savini who came up with that ending idea. Because he said, look, we can show the makeup again. So then they had me come back to the studio and work on it again. That time, we, you know, we created it to look disgusting. Like they wanted it to look both repulsive, but that you still had sympathy for Jason somehow. You know? Right. So, so he created that, you know, and then I went, uh, when we got to the set, he actually had me increase the effect. He, he had us dredge actual pond scum, you know. I mean, that's why I am, you know, the slime <laughs> boy himself, because we would go down with a slime bucket. <laughs> get some pond scum. a slime I mean, bucket. Who can just say that slime bucket and pond scum, you know, in a sentence, you know, and, and it's actually part of a normal sentence. But anyway, so I was using that slime bucket to get all the pond scum, so we poured it all over me. And then uh, he also mixed it in with all kinds of, uh, like he took his um, his recipe for blood and, you know, kind of gooey stuff. And then he also made latex over that and then waited for that to dry and then peeled that back. So it looked like flesh coming off, you know. And so when I went under, it would be for a very short amount of time because he was concerned about how long it could uh, it could last underwater. But it was just a matter of just wait for the bubbles to clear and just get in the water. One thing is he did not want me to talk to Adrian King, Adrian King, the lovely Adrian King, who was on the set, and you know. I was like, wow, I get to meet a scene with her. You know, I thought as an actor, you know, you go, you meet somebody, hey, we're doing a scene together. I'm going to drag you into the water. You know? <laughs> but um, no, he said, don't even talk to her. Don't talk to her. I don't want her to know you. I don't want her to see that. And especially when you get to the set on the day of with the makeup on, don't go anywhere near her. So it's like the only time she sees you is when you're actually just getting in the water. Mm-hmm. He even had me get in the water first, and then she came out into the water. So it's like she wasn't, you know. Yeah, she's seen it for the first time. Yeah, 
And so when I jumped really out, man, she was pretty scared, dude. Right. Like, she, like, she, like, jumped out. My friend, she jumped out of the boat, man, and she said, shit. You know, she was like, what the fuck? You know, she was scared, man. And so that, that, that shot was blown, man, because she was just like, you know, what the heck? You know, I was all, like, into it. I was like, ah, you know, like, I really jumped out of the water at her, you know. And then so Sean's all like, you know, I think they used some of that, but he's like, when they went to do it again, the second time he said, you know, kind of don't, don't overdo it and just kind of make it a little mellow. And, you know, and then they, they, they dried her off, they blow dried her hair, you know, and then um, she got back in the boat. And the funny thing is when you look at her face, you cannot tell that she doesn't, that she knows. In other words, it looks like she does not know that I'm there. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, so she really has the look in her face like that. Do like, no. so you think, you know, if they didn't have that, like, I didn't you think uh, the movie would have lost some of its uh, impact? I think, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that one of the things about that movie, and I think that a lot of horror movies rely on a, just a stunning ending because that's part of the whole concept of horror in the sense that, you know, it's about death and death's inevitability and finality. And, like, like if you look at, uh, I don't know, House on Haunted Hill, you know, with Vincent Price. Yeah. And at the end, he comes out with that skeleton, you know, death right. at the very end, and mm-hmm. you're like, what the heck is this? I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of different horror movies have some freak ending and, I mean, I definitely think that, that I mean, I think that, yeah, oh, yeah. And then, uh, the, 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 the final scene being so jarring, and so, I think what was important about it is that it got people to tell other people, you know, go see this movie. Right. Because they almost wanted to bring their friend there just to, just to look at them, you know, at the end to see if they would jump, too, you know. It was, like, it was a real... It was a real thing. It was like, it was like, uh, I mean, for me it was a thrill too, because it's like when you scare somebody, you know how you feel scared too, like you get that little thrill, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just like that. And I think that people had a lot of fun with the movie, and, uh, you know, uh, people could say this or that about other movies that it drew from. I mean, it definitely, they, they were definitely preceded by and, and influenced by uh, the Italian movies at that time, you know, all the Italian horror movies. Like, um, if you look in the movie Phenomenon by mm-hmm. Gary Argento, mm-hmm. if you remember the final scene in that movie, yeah. um, mm-hmm. the great character played by, okay, come on, what's her name? Uh, the great, the actress Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly mm-hmm. plays the young girl, she's like only 12 or whatever. She controls the uh, nature, and she gets, like, bugs to attack and birds to attack and all this shit. But anyway, at the end, she gets in a boat, and she goes off into the water, and this little kind of mutant kid comes out. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but this little mutant kid comes out, mm-hmm. and it's, like, trying to get her in the boat. And then he falls in the water at one point, and the water... There's a fire somehow, I guess, oh, because it's a motorboat and cast is on the water at night. Yeah. And then he pulls her into the water. At one point, 
it's a very similar theme. So, I mean, I think, you know, for you horror buffs out there, it's a good reason to get the Dario Argento movie phenomenon, oh, yeah. which uh, you will see that at the end. And then there's other movies. Um, there's other movies from Italy that... Uh, that had some of the same, you know, mm. that influenced Sean. Obviously, Sean was watching them because those movies were like, you know, 1978, 77, and then he made it in 79 and 80, you know. Right. Well, everybody's influenced uh, from something. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, somebody in our chat room, Gogo, he wants to know um, if you like the Alice Cooper's Man Behind the Mask song from Friday the 13th, Part 6. Oh, yeah, of course, man. That's a great, that's a great song. I, I worship Alice Cooper, man. We are not worthy, man. And, uh, that's C.J. Graham, who um, who did the video with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, come on. Alice Cooper is the originator of horror rock in a lot of ways. I mean, he's the one who he took the metaphor, you know, further than anybody did. I mean, you know, Ozzy, Ozzy kind of had it in him that Alice was all about the whole thing that led up to, like, you know, Marilyn Manson and all this oh, yeah. that's going on today, you know. I mean, the horror rock scene is just getting out of hand right now. It's like, it's, it's I mean, I'm very glad to see it thriving, you know. It's just kind of like a an onslaught to destroying, you know, venues one at a time. Well, let everybody know you got the uh, the Vampire uh, uh, the movie release party. It's coming up uh, February 24th, and you guys are going to be there. Hmm. That's right. That's right. I did the soundtrack for this wonderful documentary about the first screen queen, the horror vixen, the glamour ghoul herself, Vampira, whose name is Myla Nurmi, who's a really hip chick back in the 50s, 60s, and she... Um, she went out with James Dean and Marlon Brando. I mean, she was cool, man. And uh, so I did the soundtrack. And, you know, they're going to show it at Fangoria, Chicago. So we figured that uh, Kevin Shawn Michaels, the director, said, why don't we do some kind of party? And here in Chicago, there's Rose Red Productions. And so they got us together, this vampire the movie Bash, which we're going to have uh, first Jason is going to play, The Massacres, and also the great Chicago band Johnny Vomit, who should not be missed for their great song Head Handle, one of my faves. And um, they are they are awesome. And, um, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's going to be a um, Best Dressed Vampirette contest so any anybody who's in the Chicago area, or if you're going to be coming to either the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, uh, that's February 23rd through 25th, or the Halloween and Haunt Trade Show, which is simultaneous, um, we will be handing out flyers. So just look for Vampira. We'll have girls dressed as Vampira walking around handing out these flyers, and then we have posters with the Vampire on it. This Pete John's interest. And you can always come off. Well, come on out. I mean, we, uh, if you go, you can also check out, um, the MySpace, uh, Vampire Movie. You know, uh, that's a good place to check it out. We have a lot of information there about, uh, about this film. And also in the film is, uh, 
Jerry Only from The Misfits, mm-hmm. and the great Sid Haig, and Forrest Ackerman, and Bill Moten. Oh, yeah, man, Forrest Ackerman. That's right, man. I mean, that's... that's yeah. Something I always wanted to go to, the Ackerman. Oh, yeah, me too. Have you, you know, this must, be a real, this must be a real horror interview if Forrest Ackerman was mentioned. <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> I still have all my old famous monsters. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty awesome that Ackerman has has a MySpace, I have to say. That's the best. That blew my mind. Uh-huh. Have you ever yes, been to Ackerman? No. I haven't been there. i got to admit, man. What is that about? Well, it's like his, it's just his house, but he, um, he like, takes people on the, like, tours of his house and all his uh, memorabilia. Yeah, it's kind of like a museum in his house. It just looks so cool. Whoa. Well, let's go. Uh, oh, man, I don't know, you know, I eat up the old horror stuff. I'm like, forget oh, it. I'm also it. like, a, I'm I'm way into the German silent horrors, Nosferatu, Caligari, um, Your Golem is one of my favorite movies. Oh, that was awesome. awesome. You know, I mean, and then I just love all that stuff. Lon Chaney, you know, I mean, oh. I just, yeah, I, I just get I just got the Lon Chaney uh, collection because uh, Tom Savini talked about it on, uh, it was like one of the, uh, I think it was on the Dawn of the Dead um, commentary track, and that was like his hero growing up was uh, Lon Chaney, and that's just great. Oh, yeah. No, Lon Chaney is so amazing, and even his non-horror roles, like if you mm-hmm. look at um, The Ace of Hearts or, or the, oh, the movie I love called uh, uh, The Unknown in which he plays Alonzo the Armless. Yeah. Um, the guy who throws daggers with his feet. Mm-hmm. But, 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 you know, I mean, I don't want to ruin the movie. Right. Oh, that's that's a great twist at the end of the movie. Oh, my God, and that, <laughs> that ending scene. Oh, my. Well, that is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the laugh he gives, I mean, that's just great stuff. I mean, the simplicity of some of those films is just so and like they did so much with so little and like I don't know but then again I think um, I've heard that this new um, David Lynch um, oh gosh uh, what's the name of the film I got it right here um, his new movie he did it all on digital um, digital uh, video that's what I heard uh, what's the name of this movie it's called The Inland Inland Empire hmm. I haven't heard of that one no. Well, it's just the new starring Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Inland Empire. But I'm just, all I'm trying to say is that he uses just digital um, video. So maybe we're getting to another time period wherein it's like the simplicity factor is going to come in again. Like mm-hmm. the limitations of certain medium mm-hmm. will be, you know, will be stretched because people can afford them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, like, look at YouTube, you know. I mean, I, I, I think we're on the cusp of a whole new wave in filmmaking horror in particular. Mm-hmm. Did you have a question? Are you guys about making any movies? I bet you one of you guys <laughs> probably making a movie or, or involved with the movie. Yeah, we talk about it every week on here, all, uh, different ideas for uh, slashers and mm-hmm. uh, different holidays if there hasn't been a... Uh, now, now we find out there is a Thanksgiving movie, so we got to cross that one off the list. Now we're moving to the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny, that's right. 
Yeah, I was thinking instead of a slasher movie, we needed a smasher movie where a guy uses a blood instrument to kill people. Oh, there was one. Oh, man, what is that movie? Oh, man, everybody's running my ideas. Oh, no. No, it wasn't like the big meat tenderizer, though. Yeah, my idea was was a crazy trap with a meat tenderizer. Well, there is bikini bloodbath, and they have the, 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 what is he, the evil chef? No. No. I can't remember. Oh, yes. my God. Everybody yes. has ideas. Bikini bloodbath. Bikini bloodbath. They have the, the evil, what's his name? The evil chef. I forgot that. Oh. <laughs> he runs around his knees. Oh, yeah. man. I gotta see that one. Scary. No, but you guys, you know, that shouldn't stop you, man. They, I think, uh, you know, I, I think everybody, that's this, this time period, is, that's what it's about. Everybody is going to come out with some ideas. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is, sure, there's going to be a lot of stuff which is, like, not so great, but then there's going to be some stuff which is amazing, which is going to change everything. And mm-hmm. new ideas, you know? Yeah. I, we had him on the show, um, said Adam Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking forward to a hatchet that's coming out. That's got uh, Kane Hodder. You know, oh, yeah. No, Kane told me great stuff about that movie. Mm-hmm. He, he always up on everything. He knows things before we tell him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kane, Kane is Kane is not telling Well, I mean, I'm like, you know, I get I got the, uh, the, uh, the, the monster uh, hotline here, you know. <laughs> you guys are, let me in on what's going on. But, um, you know, the, uh, the other thing that's happening with us is, uh, the Creatures of Crystal Lake tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, this is, you know, here's, here's, you know, imagination gone amok and wild and, you know, absolute destruction, you know, without any, you know, mitigation. I mean, it's like destruction has a new middle name. First Jason. It's like, uh, this tour is going to happen from uh, June 29th of 2007 to Friday the 13th of July in, in the year in Chicago, starting in Texas. And we're going to be going up through the Midwest. We're going to go up to Indianapolis, um, where we're going to be part of the Horror Hound Weekend up there. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, we're touring together with it's first Jason, my band, along with this band, Freak 13, is from Texas, a great gore metal band with a great chick singer, Ravinica Rose, and uh, that band is led by Chester Moore, and, uh, you know, it's just an honor, and we're, we're really looking forward to it, and you can check out the MySpace that's uh, uh, Creatures of Crystal Lake, and, uh, you know, you can hear the music there, and check out all the insanity. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, um, we're going to be, you know, probably coming to some towns that uh, some of the listeners are, are in, so prepare for destruction. <laughs> I'll just put all the links up on uh, Without Your Head here. I'll put all the links oh, up yeah. on our website so everybody can uh, check all that stuff out. Uh, someone here ruined my idea, ruined the Easter thing. Uh, Ryan Voorhees here in our chat room says that Critters 2 took place on Easter. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, Critters, too. But, you know, you need something like, I was thinking you could have one about an evil Easter egg. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's I like, like that. Like, 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 it, 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 it's like a fireman. It all starts just like at a burning house. And, like, a fireman looks down and there's, like, this little, 
this little jeweled egg, you know, and he's like, wow, that's really cool. So he keeps it, brings it, he gives it to his wife, but it turns out to be like one of those things from like, um, from Hellraiser where it's like, <laughs> to do all kinds of demonic things. And so it passes from one person to another. So it's called Bad Egg. I like that. <laughs> yeah, we and I got to do like, like a uh, graphic novel or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking of doing, see, I have my, I have the idea for, um, I have a bunch of film ideas, but the one I have for Friday the 13th, I mean, the Jason storyline, you know, hey, I've been thinking about this for a while, so it better be good, but, no, this, we're, we actually have a name for it, it's called Curse of Crystal Lake, mm-hmm. and the Curse of Crystal Lake, we are thinking of doing um, just that with the... Uh, Scott Jackson, who's this great artist who does, like, my um, T-shirts and uh, does the first Jason artwork and the poster artwork. And so he's done a lot of comic books, so we're thinking of doing that. Because, man, you know. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's like. The time's right. King's got his graphic novel coming up. Marvel's just doing the um, Dark Tower graphic novel. That's right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good things. Yeah. Well, I think that they got a Friday the 13th comic, of course, you've seen that, which is pretty powerful, I think. They did a good well, job on that. Everyone's inspired me. I've come up just, just from today's show, we're thinking about, like, the, the holidays, and then you had mentioned the golem, uh, about doing an Arbor Day one with a wood golem. The wood witch, you know, coming out of the tree, you know, and her only her arch nemesis, like summon him. Here comes the lumberjack. I'm coming to get you down. Oh, an idea factory around here. No, you could just get. You just have to get one of those ants from the Lord of the Rings. You know? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Shit, I'll cut one of those up. Just give me one of them ants. I'll cut one up right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were thinking, you know. You could, like, bridge those gaps. Because, like, horror versus fantasy world, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You could have a thing like Jason versus Harry Potter. <laughs> Where, like, Harry Potter's, like, about to do a spell and Jason, like, whacks him with a machete. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, we were thinking of, of you know, we, we have a special effects show for the first Jason show. Like, I had a head of Pamela Voorhees that, like, just, like, drips blood. No, it's awesome. They're made by Bump in the Night Production. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they have a nice hand, which is, like, a severed leg. And, um... <laughs> You know, and the whole set, it's like we're trying to make it look like, um, you know, you're in the summer camp kind of environment. And, um, yeah, so uh, one of the things, well, no, I mean, I was thinking of different ideas. I was thinking it would be a good idea to just line up little Harry Potters and just kind of kick them off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, cut them up with, like, you know, cut them up with a machete, I think. That's it. Oh, a hobbit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Some freaking hobbits. Oh, no, here you go, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that over there? Little hobbit just kicking right off the stage. <laughs> what, Pippin? Come here, Pippin. Wham! 
Give me a break. Well, there you go. You got the, you got, Sam, there you got the hot. No, I mean, it's freaking Pippen, man. You should see. <laughs> You should be the tail that guy gets. You need a break, man. You ever go to an L-O-G-R convention? Senate lined up. Yeah, he's got tail. He's got girl coming, you know, 12-year-old to 120. Uh, they're wheeling him in there. They got girls on IVs. Pippin, what's your room number? I'll be sitting there, you know, I'm like sitting there at the bar, you know. I was chasing. You know, I feel like brandy, you know, I'm like, you know, you know, you can see what I end up. Oh, I don't even want to start. Oh, no, actually, I'm 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 a happily married man. But Pippin gets a lot of tail. <laughs> but you know who gets tail? How about that Alex Vincent? That Chucky guy, little Chucky. Oh, really? he, oh, oh he's, he's always so TV in me. He CBs me every time. Oh. <laughs> you know, little Jason gets CBs by Chucky, man. Well, there you go. You got uh, you got Chucky and the Leprechaun versus the Hobbits. <laughs> I never met the, the Leprechaun, but I did meet the R2-D2 guy. That little guy. Oh, man. Oh, he's, he's oh, the women. Okay. <laughs> You know those Brits, you know, they have all that charm and all that. Oh, hey. yeah. That's probably Christopher Lee, probably, you know, did this shit. He's like, it's magic, are you delicious? Beep, beep, part two, you know. Uh, no, the Farrakhan's are fun, man, I love them. Yeah, we'll have to uh, start going to some here. You got any coming up? I'm a crowdier crowd, though, than like the, the science fiction or like the fantasy no, horror people, man. That's the best, man. You just have fun. It's just yeah. fun, man. I mean, and, you know, I, I've been at some seriously crazy cons where it's like, you know, I, I remember one time we were all, like, late in the bar. There was the two Jedi girls were there, you know. Uh, Boba Fett, the guy who played Boba Fett, Daniel Logan or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. was there. Uh, the kid from Lassie was there. Wow. Uh, the, the freaking soup Nazi from Seinfeld was there. <laughs> okay. Okay. The, the guy who played the Uruk High in, in, in Lord of the Rings and, and um, Sauron, the big Sauron guy, these guys are like New Zealanders. They were all, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, 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 you know, all getting drunk and I was playing the piano. It was fun. That's your typical kind of thing. But also, one horror convention, I, I, I got to um, uh, uh, be the piano player at a wedding of two very dedicated horror fans who got to have uh, Bill Mosley as the best man mm-hmm. and Doug Bradley. Yeah, Doug Bradley gave the sermon. I mean, you know, he married them to me. He's ordained. And he was like, you know, he was like, are you prepared to enter into your <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I was like so scared I couldn't play the piano. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Brawls? Was that? Brawls? Well, oh. you know, who's good with the brawls is, 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 is big Andrew. Andrew Bernard. Oh, because uh, when we were in the UK, you know, following, you know, Andrew is, is, a, is a big inspiration for me, i got to admit, because at every convention that I'm at, he's always extends himself to the fans, like, 
really great. Not just the young, pretty girl ones, but, you know, everybody. And he, like, I've been in, you know, like, uh, you know, he'll just buy drinks for everyone at the bar. He's very, he's very good with people. And he, um, one time, though, okay, we were at this one, and the A-team, members of the A-team were there, okay? So they didn't have, they didn't have Mr. T, and of course, um, the, the, the um, general guy in the away. So they had the other two guys. They had Face, and what's the other guy? I can't remember. But, um, so they had the two guys. And one guy is there, and you know, good thing I don't remember him. Anyway, so Andrew walks up to him all like, hey, you know, I really respected you for a long time, and I think you're a great actor. And he goes to shake his hand, and the guy will not shake his hand. Whoa. And he continues to smoke this nasty cigar, filling up the whole bar with his nasty smell. And he looks like he's getting dizzy at the same time, and he won't shake. And so Andrew's like, you're not going to shake my hand after I just said, you know, how much I respect you. And the guy's like, uh, the guy's like, uh, well, that's my prerogative. So Andrew, Andrew just goes, oh, no, man. Oh, he just, Andrew, we, Andrew got a bit angry. But there was no brawl there, I have to admit. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew had every right to be, to be uh, upset. But, uh, was it the guy that played in Starbuck or the other guy? <laughs> the, 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 they call him Face. Like, oh, okay. That was the guy that was rude to him? Well, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to start some crazy gossip here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I don't know. Maybe he felt some. I don't know why he doesn't. Why he wouldn't what? shake my buddy's hand. But yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's there's uh there's there's uh, one time we were at a con and uh, you know Kane Hodder and Ken Kersey were there at the same convention and the at the same convention we were at this that big uh kind of interview panel and they um they uh at one point one fan asked a question kind of challenging them, you know, like like uh as to whether Kane should have been in Freddy versus Jason and was he upset about it. And immediately Dave Hagen who runs that convention told the guy to be quiet, you know. Mm-hmm. He was like, Stop. But the guy wouldn't stop. So he just kept going. And he's like, Hey, why aren't you sitting next to Ken and all this, you know, like ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. Because in all honesty, Kane and Ken, they they've worked together professionally and they've had their uh, you know, they've had um, you know, professional challenges together, but they they not they have no animosity for each other at all. They're very they're good friends actually. And uh so this guy said that and he and so the whole place just asshole, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> they called over security and they just picked this guy up and just took him out of the place. It was Smarty Smarty Bird fast here in our uh, chat room he mentioned that it was uh, Murdoch was the other uh, person in eighteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll say I don't know which one it was. No. Actually, the other one guy was, was really cool, so I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, things happen. You know, I just call them like a season. But, um, no, Andrew, you know, is, is, is a great character to be around. And it's always, it's always inspiring to be around some of these Jason. Ted White, uh, is, who was Jason, Four. Four, yeah. And um, he um, was actually also 
John Wayne's stunt double for like 25 years, and wow. you know, just having him around like just raises our property value. The man is is a is a true actor from the golden days of film, and it's mm -hmm. just you know, just being around someone like that. And Betsy Palmer is another person who's a constant inspiration to me because I've done signing lines with Betsy where we'll be going, oh gosh, five, six hours without stopping, sometimes more. I mean, mm -hmm. and Betsy is up there with so much energy greeting each fan and finding something about each person so wonderful. I mean, she's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I remember having to get up and actually <laughs> stop a line, you know, just say, look, the, the woman's done, you know. Yeah, you know, at the end, these people were like, well, we're leaving, we're not going to be there tomorrow. You know, so we had to just, whoever was going to be there tomorrow had to leave, you know. <laughs> so, you know she, she's incredible, and, uh, you know, and I just learned from, from people like that that it's really about the fans, it's not about us, you know, about them, just bounce off that energy. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff coming up. you got, um... First of all, there's that Sangory Weekend of Horrors with the mm -hmm. party. Then you got Fear Fest is coming up in Texas. Mm -hmm. And Fear Fest is going to be a mind blower event because you got all four actors <laughs> playing Leatherface are going to be. Oh, there. cool. Okay, you got Bill Johnson, you got you got Gunnar Hansen, you got R.A. Mihailov, and you got Andrew Brunarski. And they're all going to be there. Plus, Sleep 13 is going to be there, so I'm going to get up on stage and sing Mother and Die Die My Darling and Andrew mm -hmm. up there, and, you know, we're going to go nuts, and there's a, there's a rumor, <laughs> there's a rumor that Vinny Paul, who's the drummer of Pantera, who was, mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. will be there, too. Either we're hoping, now this is totally, totally we're hoping with an ensemble of his own. I don't want to say what it will be, but that may or may not happen. Uh, we're just hoping, hoping, hoping that that's going to happen. Now, when is that? That's going to be at the end of March. That's in March. So it's coming up, and that's in uh, in Texas. And then, uh, you know, another big one is that Horror Hound weekend. That's going to be in Indianapolis for uh, all of your... Our family sisters who are up in Indianapolis in that area, that's going to be happening. That's run by Horror Hound Magazine, and they're going to be doing a, an event there, and they got a lot of great guests coming. So, you know, definitely uh, uh, 2007 got a lot of connections. Uh, we got a caller here. Who is this? Uh, uh, you're calling in the show. Who are you? Uh, my name's James. All right, you're on air with uh, Ari Lehman. You got a question? Hey, how you doing, man? Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, you're on in your head, uh, without your head. Uh, all right, he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> without his head. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. That was, uh, that was a great question. <laughs> I had a lot to the show. Maybe I just scared him, you know. <laughs> I think so. That's a big Jason. You know, he, you know, here in my lair beneath Crystal Lake, you know, yeah, that's going to be icy waters. You know, as I as I cast my gaze over the the piles of cadavers and 
and, you know, corpses. I kind of wonder whether the floor has always been this color red or whether it's just got that way after so long. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, anything you want to uh, tell fans out there before I let you go? Just let them know and remember Jason is watching. <laughs> and we'd love to, uh, to uh, hear from them at firstjason.com at uh, MySpace, Creatures of Crystal Lake, and uh, it's yours truly, the boy in the lake, the slime child, <laughs> the muck monster. And I want to say, um, without your head is awesome and rules the airwaves of the Internet. Oh, man. It shall destroy all. Oh, man. He just moved up into our favorite um, guest of all time now. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're great. Well, I've had fun. Oh, we had a blast. You know, it feels like we should, uh, you know, have a beer or two, but, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, have one through the I'm trying to hand one through the screen. It's not working. <laughs> I'm sorry, John doesn't drink anyway. No, he's a strange guy. You can him a root beer. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good. Root beers are good. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me know, you know, just. But just email me, let me know how it all works out. Yeah, we'll get the archive up tonight, and um, I'll send you all the info. We'll put up all the links on the uh, website. Excellent.
This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday Fishing Purpley, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com.
Okay, we are back with uh, Without Your Head, Horror Radio. Mm-hmm. We want to thank uh, Ari Lehman. That was just uh, an awesome interview with the man. Oh, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Oh. Yeah, he's he's cool yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we hope to, uh, hope he gets on uh, the replace of the software and hope that he's get on the Rock and Shock uh, in 2007, the Rock and Shock convention. Hmm. He's a perfect fit. It's the horror and music. Exactly. He's, he's got a both. He's, he's like, and then, you know, he's got the book idea and stuff. He's got a mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the idea, man. He's really pushing us to uh, to make horror movies, so we're still looking at that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I might have to get some outside sources. <laughs> right. Anybody out there that's, like, looking to, you know, invest some money, like, you know, you'll be getting it back because uh, if we're making it, it's going gonna, gonna to rock. It's going to make millions without your head presents. <laughs> The wood gnome the or whatever it was. <laughs> the wood gnome. The wood gnome versus the killer chef with the meat. <laughs> <laughs> I want John as the golem, as long yeah. as he plays the wood golem. Yeah, well, that would be the problem. Like, well, I'll want our own idea in there. So we're going to have, John's going to have Bigfoot, I'm going to have the killer chef with the meat tenderizer, and Troy's going to have the wood golem. <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie would rot. <laughs> and my Bigfoot was before the uh, other Bigfoot, then. Right, right, right. Inside <laughs> joke with the uh, right. without your head crowd, uh, in your head crowd, whichever one. Right. We, we, could, have, we could have Ari doing the music, and then EJ doing music. Oh, man. Oh. And we got three directors. Or do you think they would just hate each other? Well, here, this is what I've been saying, is I used to really miss the uh, the movies with the short stories. So we got three mm-hmm. short stories, we got three directors to direct each one. Exactly. So we're gold. Yeah, we got Mendoz, we got Goldberg, and we got High Green. And speaking yep. of short stories, we're going to open the coffin to a movie that isn't a short story. Oh, man. <laughs> do we have the creaking sound yet? No, not really. Oh, man. Should I do it again? I'm a big right. liar. I, 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 could do, I could do a Peter Lorre instead of one. Uh, yeah, do the Peter Lorre. Alright. <laughs> do Peter Lorre creak in the coffin open? I yeah. think so. Oh, oh. Whichever one. This is a fine coffin. I think I will open it. Creak. Oh, man. Look, we already sold one ticket. Sorry, Bart Fast. Is mine buying a ticket? <laughs> Excellent. Man. Well, I think my wood golem, I'm going to have him speak like Peter Lorre. So oh, man. It's, it's going to just rock. That'd be pretty good. What if I, I wonder if I can get like a famous chef to play uh, the meat Morimoto. Morimoto would rule with All right, so this week uh, in the coffin, we're this every week, well every show we uh, open the coffin and we review a classic or a not so classic horror movie. This, this one's movie? a pretty classic, I think. I think so. Yeah, we'll probably never do a not classic because like we're scared mm. of the repercussions of what the other person would think. <laughs> That's true. It's like, you stuck me with this one. Wait till next time. <laughs> next time it's Santa Claus versus the Martians for you, man. Uh, <coughs> we're going to go over Pet Cemetery, right? Right. Sticking with the Stephen King theme, which mm-hmm. I believe all our uh, coffin movies have been so far, we've got uh, Pet Cemetery, which was uh, recommended by Troy. That would be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this one is... um. Is one I think that they kept pretty pretty true to the to the book, and mm-hmm. um, 
I love it. I, I just everything about this movie, I just adore everything. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of my favorite uh, Stephen King uh, horror movies. Well, one of the things I noticed while watching the opening credits was uh, Stephen King. He did the screenplay for this. <coughs> mm-hmm. He's also in it. Yeah. Which I think is usually Zeppo Dwell, I think. Well, he does the. It um, doesn't always though. Did he write um, the one with the cars? I'm afraid he did. Maximum yeah. Overdrive was also a screenplay by King. <laughs> but that was also directed by King. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can pick out what... I don't know. That was kind of a weird story just to pick anyhow. It's just like, you know, you're Stephen King and you have all these uh, stories and you want to do one about cars? Taking over the oh, world? <laughs> Based on like a 10-page short story, you know. It's a fine short story, but it just doesn't translate into a big movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I re- like uh, I recently watched the uh, Frankenstein Legacy collection on DVD, which is uh, really good stuff. And then I was watching this, and I kind of saw a lot of similarities between uh, you know Frankenstein, especially Bride of Frankenstein, and uh, Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the classic line in uh, from from Bride of Frankenstein in uh, Pet Cemetery, which is uh, "Hate, hate death, love. I mean, love death, uh, hate living." Mm-hmm. So I think he was aware of this. If he uh, put that oh, in, in the movie. Is it in the is it in the story as well in the book? I, I really don't remember. It's been a while. Wasn't it? Sometimes dead is better or whatever. No, he's, well that's in there too. But um, there's a scene where, where the uh, when the young boy comes back from the dead, not not his kid, but let me tell the story. And when he's burning up with his dad, he says, yeah. uh, "Love, death, hate, living." Hmm. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. I think. Um, well, the the kid's engaged, right? That yeah, it's not Gage who says it, but it's uh, you know, the Fred Gwynn character who tells the story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the flashback. Yeah, well, he said that, that uh, sometimes death is better. Right. Better. Sometimes the man's hardest only here. Yeah, the Fred Gwynn character is just great in that. And I think uh, mm-hmm. there was a little while there where it kind of, yeah, kind of resurrected his like, career was this movie and when he, the one where he played the judge. Um. Mm-hmm. Um, Cousin Vinny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the other things that I noticed while watching the opening credits, Richard Rubenstein, he uh, he was the producer on this film, which he worked with a lot of movies with George Romero, a lot of his oh. other movies. Yeah. I was going to say that name's really familiar. I mm-hmm. didn't, I couldn't play John it. John's Dead, uh, mm-hmm. Night Riders, and stuff, films from that era, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, another thing that's a recurring theme in a lot of uh, his movies, a lot of Stephen King stuff. Are like kids that are kind of psychic, um, where the, the you know his daughter in this kind of you know talks to the ghost and kind of sees things, you know, and that's in a lot of his uh, a lot of his work I think, mm-hmm. you know, like The Shining. And, um. Now I, re- I remember the ghost that you speak of though. Whenever I was a kid, I always remember uh, this name just kind of stuck with me. I don't know why, but Victor Pascal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pascal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just a, I don't know. It's just a, a good name that really like. Uh, Something you remember, and definitely like the makeup that they did with his. Uh, yeah, it looks great. Oh, he's perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, in, the, in this movie, pretty much everyone. It's kind of. A, it's actually a pretty dark movie, and everyone's pretty dreary, except for uh, the Pascal character, like the ghost. He's a pretty upbeat guy. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I, I, a lot of like what's going on behind the scenes really adds to the movie. I think, like, like the Pascal character, and then. Um, and then the 
the mom's sister when she has the flashback. That was her. always the scariest part when I was a kid. Was uh, oh my goodness, yeah, Zelda. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And she comes up to the uh, when she, you know, the scene where she like goes in the room and she like uh, thinks of her coming up to the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was that was the scariest part when I was a kid. Oh, and then like I always had this just absolute horror of spinal meningitis after I saw that uh-huh. for the first time. You know. <laughs> You didn't know about it before, but you didn't want it. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, and uh, I had um, gastroenteritis, and uh, I had like some stomach problems and neck problems. It was uh, like torticollis, and there was a, they were actually worried I had that for a little bit. Oh, they thought you had something during Yeah, but I, I didn't. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah, oh, yeah that's for sure. sure. I think I'm scared of bejesus out of you other than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the special edition DVD was kind of a, it came out, but I don't think they really made a big deal about it. But it's uh, pretty good. It's got some good specials on there. Mm-hmm. Stuff okay. I didn't know. Yeah, like uh, Stephen King, a lot of the stuff in the movie is like based off real stuff. Like his cat dying. And it doesn't come back from the dead or anything. But, the uh, you know, there's like a real pet cemetery and everything. Hmm. It was like his, his daughter's uh, cat get killed by car. And it, he just kind of said basically while he's walking across the street, because, like, his neighbor called him just like in the movie to get his cat. And, like, basically the whole movie came to came well, not the movie, the whole story came to him in his head. And it took him, like, a long time to write it or put it. He wrote it right away, but it took him a long time to, like, re, to release the book because, like, he thought it was really dark and some stuff was personal to him. Hmm. Hmm. I like the well, I like the scene where uh, the guy he comes over to get the cat. I don't know if it was like one of the moves from the director to tell him to like act like this, but he just kind of looks up and he's like, "Yep, that's church, all right." <laughs> <laughs> it's like he doesn't even care. <laughs> like if I feel it's all my daughter's cat being killed, I'm like, "Oh man, damn." <laughs> Well, I think that just adds to the, to like you guys were saying, like about the characters being so drab, you know, just as yeah. they're all just so miserable. It was really, yeah, and it was uh, re- very realistic, everybody in the movie, I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all filmed, like, in a real place, too, you know, it was a real, a real, uh, like, those were real houses, that was a real uh, street well, that was there. The I think so. Yeah. Well, I think it was filmed in Maine. Oh, was I'm it? I'm sure. I think oh. so. Oh. I'm not positive, though. I think King likes to work up there every now and then. So. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. definitely likes, writes a lot of the stories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. I don't think that one takes place in Derry, though, does it? No. no. Um, you know, I always thought that the movie's actually predictable. Like, you pretty much know where, how it, how everything's going to go. Mm-hmm. But it's still a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising, I guess. One of the things about the film that I thought was, like, a little bit overdone was uh, definitely the rumble at the funeral. Oh, yeah. I thought that was, like, maybe a little bit too much for the uh, storyline. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just a... Maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that might add to, like, you know, kind of one of those things where you can see why everybody's just so miserable all the time. <laughs> Definitely. But um, this is one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite horror movies, and it, it still holds up. Oh, most definitely. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right to the end. I mean, even like 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 you were saying, like some of it's predictable. Like you you, you know you definitely know what's going down at the end with his wife. Right. Yeah. And um. That's kind of that's why it's about the original Frankenstein and and you know the original novel. It's like you know why would he uh, why would he do this? Why would he make the woman? Why would he bring his wife back? But um, mm-hmm. I think when you watch it, you know it's obviously well, he's not in the right state of mind. I don't really think like predictability is like a bad thing. I mean, if he just did something that just totally made no sense, it's like well that made no damn sense. Right. I don't know. I, I've never really bought into that uh, thing, you know, like, oh, this movie was just too predictable, you know, or something like that. I kind mm-hmm. of I kind of believe if a story is a good story and it flows along well and everything, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you know kind of what's coming up next. Right. Know? Yeah, it's true. That's, I mean, if you're using uh, foreshadow right, um, that's the whole point of it. Yeah, I mean, right. and when you don't see it coming, and it's like, but, uh, you know, when, when all the foreshadowing has been done right, I think it's, you know, it even comes off better, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's leading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Did anybody I else uh, notice the uh, the number on the semi? Yeah, it's us. Uh, it's 666. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that? That was an interesting little part of the Oh, movie. yeah. I don't know. When I was a kid, that was like, ooh. Right. You just see little things like that, yeah. But... And the whole the whole pet cemetery, and then like the cemetery beyond the pet cemetery, just mm. just a really cool idea and everything. I love the oh, scene, yeah. the 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 um, the, uh, the the I guess you call it uh, the set for the uh, pet cemetery, like before they get to the actual like you know where they bury them and they come back to life. Right. So I, I just thought that was really kind of gothic looking and yeah, it looks, oh, it looks yeah. great. All the dog collars and stuff, and then like their names are written on the. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. was really. Really interesting looking. Uh, Stephen King says, like in the um, uh, on like the little documentary thing, that the the pet cemetery that you know that the real one that like that's based off. He said it looked pretty much the same. Hmm. Did it really? Yeah. Which I think if you did see something like that, probably I think that definitely be something you remember and you know uh, think about writing the horror story. Yeah. I think I think the only thing that they kind of omit. In the movie that that was in the book is that they talk a little bit about um, like the evil spirit that that's in the uh, pet cemetery being like uh, a Wendigo, and um, I think they they went into it a lot more in in the book, but I don't really think you needed it in the movie. Like it's fine without it. Like mm-hmm. some of it they they dwelled on a little too much in the book. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't really fit everything. Um... Right. You know, in a 90-minute movie, two-hour movie. Yeah. I think definitely, like, a, no- a novel and, like, uh, a screen is totally different. I mean, you, there, there's so much detail you can go into with a novel. and Plus, with a novel, you know, you're using the person's mind rather than, like, right, you know, right. just showing it to them. Where, uh, where I think, like, like the perfect blend of that, like, from, from like, book to screen, though, is, is the Green Mile, because I think it's... it's it's almost verbatim, mm-hmm. like everything that happens. But then, then you get the advantage of having a narrator in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I, I never read the book, but that's a, that's a great uh, movie. Yeah, and, uh, yeah that's it's just in a movie or anything. But I think um, the TV show uh, Dexter. I think the reason mm-hmm. it's so good is the the whole first season is right off the first novel, 
And so oh, it's basically like a, a 12 or 13, uh, 12, 13 episode, 12 or 13 hour movie. Yeah. So they could they just fit everything that's yeah, on the book into the show. See, that, that's, that's what's kind of different about series, you know. And with a series, you can go on and on and on. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you go into so much more detail, which, you know. Oh, definitely. I think that's kind of the thing that's kind of lacking in movies nowadays is like, you know, it's hard for people to edit down a story into, like, just something that could be, you know, displayed in, like, 120 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, with a series, it's easier, I mean, not easier, but it's, you know, you can lay out your story exactly how you want it. Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of bummed me out about, um, what, what was King's TV show about the hospital? Oh, um, I know what you mean, but I... I can't think of the name of it now. All right, we'll just bring up stuff that no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody in the chat room tells us. Let's just have it in it for a while until something. Kingdom Hospital. Oh, you yeah. bunch of idiots. Right, yeah. And, um, see, that one, it, it was, I think it could have been great if it would have made it to a second season because they fleshed out all the characters in the background so well. But I think people just got bored. I think, you know, it was just, too many characters and you learn too many details about everything. Right. Yeah, I've never seen it. It didn't last long, I guess. So. No, no. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it only lasted, I don't think it even lasted an entire season, maybe 12 episodes. But mm-hmm. the, the ones that they showed, I really enjoyed. Um, Robert Voorhees here, he just wanted to bring up that uh, intro is right about the, uh, the casket part. Uh, yeah, he thinks John was right about the uh, the casket part of um, in Pet Cemetery and the Metro of the Casket. Oh, okay. Well, tell him to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody agrees with me. Right. He also brings up something that I always thought. He said, uh, Shosh, he thinks Shawshank Redemption is King's best movie. And I oh, think it's Shawshank probably, yeah. I think, yeah. I think um, a lot of his non-horror movies are probably his best stuff. Shawshank, Green Mile, and uh, Stand By Me. Well, you know, oh, yeah, cool. if you ask me, Stephen King, he's a living legend. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, I think yeah. like years from now they'll be talking about him, maybe even like more than Poe from, you know, from an American writer standpoint. Oh yeah, I think he. Yeah, well, he, I think he's the best-selling American writer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, look at all, look at all the two great stories. Oh yeah. There's one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and maybe you'd know because, you know, you guys are big wigs on the international movie database and what have you. <laughs> that, uh, uh, can I just say something real quick? I just, uh, you know, I said about Stephen King being a uh, living legend. I mean, usually if you bring up a writer or a director or something, you'll, like, associate one, one movie, one story with them. But if you say Stephen King, give me his, you know, what he's known for, I mean, how, how would you narrow it down to one thing? I think that really yeah. speaks a lot for me. I mean, you can name out like easily like ten or twelve like stories that he's. Uh, oh yeah, he's really even if you've for. never read any of his books or anything, mm-hmm. you know, that's true. Oh well, I was going to ask you if if either one of you because I I know that they made a movie but I don't think they they made it in America, and it's it's off of a short story. It's um, um, I think it's called at the Gotham Cafe. And I, I didn't know if it had ever been released or if they had. Yes, Gotham Cafe. It's actually right here. I was trying to find the Kingdom Hospital, and apparently it's just on DVD. I guess. Is it really? Yeah. 
because that I want to get because it, it's kind of it, I'm afraid Neil that um, he's not a chef though but you have to <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's you, it. you can't buy it you can't buy it oh you can't yeah is it on like region the, two or anything like that no nah, no nah, they just have it up here it's on IMDB but um, I don't know it said it was made in 2005 oh really yeah what oh it's a great story, though, and there's a Killer Mater D in it. Oh, okay. He, he's a Killer Mater D, and but he's got a huge knife. He doesn't have a um, no no meat uh, tenderizer. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it happens in a restaurant, but uh, the the killer's a Mater D, so he's not. A <laughs> Stephen King is also in it. Oh, he's in it. Yeah, he must have a small part. Oh man! Well, well, anybody out there, if they can find this, if they can get a bootleg copy, send it to Neil, and he'll let right. see it. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it, yeah, it won some award uh, at the Phoenix International Horror Sci-Fi Film Festival. And I'm breaking the the cargo rule here without your head. I'm looking at imdb.com. Yeah, <laughs> think about it till you said it. Shame <laughs> on you. Oh, I am banned from the show. You're <laughs> banned from the show, Troy. <laughs> Me and you were picking it's up. It's all over life. for him now. <laughs> <laughs> because that one, he, he the waiter, and, and Glenbo and I do it so much that people get very annoyed with us. He he goes insane <coughs> and goes E throughout the uh, the entire story. He just makes up these random crazy things like, I'll kill you and your dog. E! And he just does it throughout the entire story. <laughs> and if, if you ever get blood and smoke, King reads it himself, and usually I hate when King reads his own stories because he's got a very annoying voice. Right. But in this one, it's classic just to hear King going, eee! the entire story. It rules. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know about that one. He's a Nader D from hell, though, man. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Yeah, that sounds pretty good stuff. Yeah. So taking it back to Pet Cemetery a bit. Um, oh, sorry. Let's get a little roundabout <laughs> trip. Eh? Hey, no problem, no problem. <laughs> we'll keep it rolling here. What do you think about the Ramon song, Pet Cemetery? Oh, hell yeah. I don't want to be buried in Pet Cemetery. The Ramones can take something just so simple and just turn it into a song. I don't want to live my life again. I don't think either of us can sing like Ari did. No, 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 that's no, that's even. No. I didn't expect that voice to come out of that guy though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's, he's bringing the pipes. karaoke in without your head. Yep, he's got some pipes. I don't think um I don't think the guy with the evil devil eyebrows from TNA said anything on him. <laughs> so all right, now that now that we've went over the movie, are, are we finished up? I think so. Okay. We have so this for, a pretty long show. So for the next for so for the next edition. Of opening the coffin. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, man. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, I didn't hate it as much as, like, uh, as uh, much as, like, people. I, but I haven't watched it for a long time, so I'm Yeah, not I saw it at the theater. I was really, uh, not, <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> I remember seeing, like, the previews for it, and I thought, good lord, that looks awful. But, like, when I actually watched it, I thought it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But maybe if I'd watch it now, I'd, I'd remember how bad it was. They never made a part three, did they? No, I don't think so. 
No, it wasn't as bad as like Children of the Corn. I think they made like seven oh, of them. Yeah. I do not know why they made so many sequels to that film. No. <laughs> I wasn't even that big on the first one. No. First one's okay. Yeah, I did enjoy the first one, but uh, I mean... Above, like, all the Stephen King movies, I don't know why they picked that one. They're like, we just got to keep making more and more of these. <laughs> well, little kids are spooky. We've discovered that. Remember, we've discussed this before. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you get little, like, Amish kids, and then they're even spookier. Yeah, well, it's like they keep making the sequels, and the whole point of it was, like, you know, they killed the grown-ups. And after a while, it's like, well, how is there any kids even left to keep making all these sequels? Good point. Well, as long as you got Malachi, you can do sequels forever. Yeah, well, I think that last one even had him in it. Like, they, they brought, they brought the, the kids were adopted, and yet they're still wearing their Amish clothes. Like, it's like this, because, I mean, you get adopted, you don't, you're not just going to wear the clothes you were wearing in, like, an Amish country. <laughs> you're living in New York City, you're going to dress like the, like normal people now. You would think. No, you know, listen, this ain't the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a little request here in the chat room. Uh, oh. Smarty Bardfest. He wants to see Prince of Darkness. Ooh, Prince of Darkness. Wow, yeah, I haven't not, seen that movie in quite a while. It's not one of my favorite John Carpenter films. Oh, man. Sorry, I don't know if have I seen that movie? It's the one with the... I haven't seen that since it uh, came out on VHS. Yeah, Al Cooper is in it, and he, like, shoves the spike and shoves this, like, end of the bicycle through somebody. I don't remember that. I can't remember that. Is it like Deadly Friend? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to explain it. It wasn't one of my favorites. I haven't watched it a whole lot. Yeah. We got GDM in the chat room there. Uh, I'll do it. Hey, player. Big <laughs> shout out to to our player. <laughs> well, and, uh, Ryan uh, recommends we uh, have the original picture. Now I, I'd like to go for that one because I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually seen the original. Oh, really? Oh, you haven't? Blasphemy, I know. There's a few like movies. You guys normally always bring them up. I wouldn't mind doing the history because uh, um, I know Troy is not a fan of the history. Look, we're going to have some diverse opinions on I'm kind of split on the history. Maybe uh, John would love the history. I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm like, he's kind of flower. It's not like new, though. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I kind of like the the, the remakes, like trailers and stuff. I thought it kind of mm-hmm. looked neat. I thought it looked really good, yeah. yeah. I think we do. Yeah, that would be good. Let's do the hitcher next time. Okay. So what do you guys think? Well, I just wanted to pass pass on word from Glenbo. He said, Uncle Glenbo, is, he's going to burn you a CD of, um, of the Sloppy Seconds. Oh, okay, that's some good stuff. I like that song, The Mighty yep. Heroes. And uh, Golgo brings up that we got to start answering some questions from the uh, Q&A cast. But we'll do that. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. Just, uh, when, we have a, when we have a guest on and it goes a while, you know, we don't have time to do everything. Yeah. Well, it depends. Are they willing to pay us money? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to have to put up a donation thing here? We, we could do it. If, we'll if do like eight-hour shows. That's right, man. We'll that's do a right. marathon. Well, yeah, people... <laughs> Well, you guys pay to listen to this? Yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's the answer to your question? Where are you? My question. <laughs> but we get all the questions there, so uh, they're not going to waste. We'll get them. All right. What do you guys think about this uh, new Hannibal movie? 
I don't know. I, it just seems weird seeing, like, Hannibal as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody you, really you, wants to see that. you got to really get, like, you got to find, like, a great actor to, to take over that role after such mm-hmm. a memorable performance. Mm-hmm. That means, like, an icon of, of, of like, what oh, you yeah. know, or, you know. And my question is, how, how the hell did they get the movie out, like, a week after Harris put the book out? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you they know, like, sent it to him earlier and... <laughs> they yeah. must have, because he got the book, I think, like a week before we saw the preview for the movie. I'm like, okay, that was quick. <laughs> he hated the book, by the way, so oh, I, don't, really? I don't have, like, yeah, I don't have I.O. Ryan's yeah. very mad here. Ryan. How you going, man? Yeah, he's mad that Troy didn't like the history. He says that's a religious experience for him. He's like, he, he worships C. Thomas Howell. Oh, man. C. Thomas Howell. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, well, what, about, what about Rutger Howard? Yeah, he didn't actually say that other part. I just added in. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's got a shrine to see Thomas Howard? Yeah, I think so. What are you saying, John? I'm trying to remember now, you know. About a game. <laughs> oh, about, about, uh, about uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yeah, I don't think... Uh, and they're trying to, like, make, like, humanize him, you know? Kind of, like, make him, like, understand, like, you know, why he did this stuff he did. Because uh, from what I understood from the trailers, it was like, oh, this guy, he did something, you know? And it's trying to allude to something. I don't know. So. It's like, do you really want to think of Hannibal Lecter being justified? Just right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just, you want to think of him as this crazy dude, eh, hey, people? I think the less you know, the more, like, mysterious he is, the more scary he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's why he works so better in the ones where he's locked up. Than, uh, that's why, like, Hannibal sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, because he's yeah. out, he's he's just killing everybody, and he's, I don't know, and he's like this but mythical like figure. Bond. Yeah, he's like James Bond the cannibal, you know? Yeah, I think people enjoyed the uh, dialogue between the characters and, you know, mm-hmm for Hannibal and they respected like more of his mind than what what he actually did. Right. And they alluded to stuff he did and you kind of it was a lot of it was left up to your imagination. Yeah, kind of like which could be scarier. Yeah. Which is, you know, a lot of scarier than just seeing it, you know, seeing Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they didn't have uh, old men to screw up the movie (laughs) either. That guy's a kiss of death for movies for me. Old men? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big Gary Oldman fan either. You're not a big Gary? No, I think he's a, he overacts. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, the only time I liked him, I liked him when he played um, Beethoven, because then he was deaf, so he could overact and, and act stupid, and it made sense. I thought he was good in JFK. <laughs> well, in smaller roles, he's yeah. not bad. I thought, see, I thought he was terrible as Dracula. Yeah, I hated that Dracula. Oh, man, I like that Dracula. Oh, my God. You're banned. I liked I'm his armor. Man. That was one You're thing banned. I gotta say. I did like his armor. Uh, yeah, I, I think that movie takes more than just one watching. But I don't know. I really, the only thing I like about that is when they're in the castle, I think, and his shadow. That's like the only thing I like about that movie. Yeah, when he's the old man Dracula, he's got the... the yeah, actually, yeah, the whole part when, the, yeah. when they're in the castle, he's the old man's cool. But after that, I'm not into it. I don't like the stuff beforehand, either. And Keanu sucks, too. <laughs> he's in a lot of good movies, but uh, he's not a good actor. No. Yeah, that sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're having Keanu Reeves. 
<laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I have an name of Gary Oldman next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to book that one. You're all just going to have to live with it. Marty <laughs> Badfest, he loves Gary. I love Gary Oldman, too. Yeah. He was I one of my favorite him. actors whenever I was growing up. Have I you not seen The Professional? I, I, I did like that movie, i got to say. That's a good question. How about, uh, did, that you, movie did you see him, did you see him in uh, True Romance? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, I love True Romance, but I think he's pretty terrible in that movie. What? He's, he's like this pimp guy. I mean, come on. He's he's the English guy playing that character. <laughs> it's stupid. Oh. He he reminds me of, um, oh, oh, my God, now I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, and he'd ham it up in, like, every movie if they'd let him. Um, oh, my God, the guy's in the Illustrated Man. He plays Sid Vicious. <laughs> Lord. You people have no class. Why am I even doing this show with you? <laughs> My Hellcat's wanting to eat. <laughs> uh, calm down, my pretty. And John's, John's a familiar. Oh, man. He's going to be a witch one of these days. <laughs> okay, everybody. You think, uh, you think we've done a... Uh, Right. Uh, we, yeah, I think so. I mean, we can ask some questions if you want, but um, we'll save them for next time, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll save them I, for I next time. I can offend some more actors if you want. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, uh, just don't offend anybody who could be on the radar, all right? right. Oh, that's true. That's, <laughs> I think that If you want to say, like, Kate Bosworth, you're a dumb whore. <laughs> Go ahead and say that one. Go ahead and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Rod Steiger. That was the guy I was thinking about. Rod Steiger would ham it up. If, if, like, if he had a weak director, mm-hmm. he would ham it up all over the screen. But he could be great sometimes, too. That's, that's who Oldman reminds me of. I don't know about this. Alrighty, guys. <coughs> My cat's acting like she's insane now, so we better ham it up. All right. <laughs> I hope you're happy, Cat. You're making me close. Keep her away from the highway, though, John. <laughs> yep, she's dead, all right. <laughs> I can picture you doing that. Scrape, you know, she's closed into the road. <laughs> yep, that's her, all right. <laughs> all righty, guys. Until next time, we'll be back. Another edition of Without Your Head. Oh. Everybody come and join the new forums. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> join the new forums. All right, you all go to withoutyourhead.com. I'll come over there and put my boot up in your ass.